0: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. I think the idea is that we're free, and there is no freedom without risk and without uncertainty. Uh, the great chef Francis mallman said, you don't grow on a secure path. All of us should conquer something in life, and it needs a lot of work, and it needs a lot of risk. In order to grow and improve, you have to be there a bit at the edge of uncertainty. And one of the things that freedom... Uh, is known for, I think, that uh, people associate it with in in some way, is a lack of responsibility in life. And I don't think that uh, freedom brings us that at all. In fact, I think that true freedom teaches us true responsibility but from a place of being responsible to ourself first. Uh, So you really have to um, understand deeply what responsibility is to yourself uh, before you can be responsible to anything else. And and I really, I know this to be true because I've experienced this in my life and I've watched other people who have experienced this in their life. The the idea that people are under so much stress and pressure from responsibility comes from, I believe, the fact that they're not being responsible to themselves first, Um, which is also an indication that they really don't love themselves, but we'll just stick with those two for right now. The idea that a person is not responsible to themselves is a denial, in fact, of who they really are and what they really want. And when that disappears and a person really accepts responsibility for who they are, they give themselves permission to live a completely different life and in a completely different world from everyone else. That takes all the pressure off of any other responsibilities that they have in their life, and here's why. Number one, they will only do the things that they want to do in life. They will learn how to say no to what they don't want to do. They will not uh, hang around people that they don't want to be around. They will not do work in life that they don't love to do um they will surround themselves with the things that uh they they really want to be surrounded by <clears throat> they will learn how to bring romance and beauty into their life um it is uh it is it is completely fascinating to me that um the the whole key to getting rid of stress and um, uh, depression and uh, pressure uh, lies in first being responsible to ourselves, uh, because it seems overly simplistic and yet it's 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 quite brilliant when you really think about it, because it takes away all of Uh, the idea that we're responsible for someone else. Um, And I learned this a long time ago that with the exception of our own children, we're not responsible for anybody else except ourselves. We're responsible um, uh, for ourselves and to others. And I think you should write that down. You're responsible for yourself and to others. If you're responsible for yourself, then you really are going to look at it as that um, what's really important is that you're embracing everything about yourself in the idea of why you're here. And that is a a vast richness of life. Um, It is, there is a, a, a complete romance to life. Uh, meaning that um, uh, you're able to step into the excitement of life and that there's an excitement in the uncertainty of life. There is an excitement and a beauty in everything that you do and you're able to see it and taste it and touch it and experience it from a place of pure enjoyment For yourself then and only then do we bring other people into the picture and we're very honest with ourselves about what we tolerate from other people and what we tolerate in the idea of um, uh, people that we want to be around and let them take up time and let them take up space in our life because I mean the reality of it is is that it is your life it is your life And you get to decide what that looks like, uh, who is around that, what you're going to share with others, and in what way you're going to do it. So, um, responsibility is the essence of that. And the second part of that would be truth. Truth. That's the, that's the second part, truth. So why is it that it is so difficult for us to tell and to say the truth in life? Um, what is true for us? What is true for what we want? What is true for who we are? Um, because we go through life with the idea that We need everything to be certain, and we don't want to risk. But I will tell you that there truly is another way to live. Now, let me give you the definition of um, romance here. Uh, Because I think that people have, I mean, we've all grown up with the idea of what romance is, or what to be romantic is. But let's look at what the actual definition is from a dictionary. Romance, a quality of feeling of mystery, excitement, and and remoteness from everyday life or love. So it is about being able to experience life and love from these qualities of mystery, excitement, and remoteness. Um, I think the remoteness is more of a detachment from... A specific outcome, but really allowing yourself to experience life from the the passion of it, uh, because we can find that all around. And I'm going to share a few poems with you that have recently come into my awareness that I absolutely have fallen in love with, and uh, I'm going to teach from these. Uh, much like I would teach from a book because there is there 's such great truth in it, there is freedom in it, and I think that when you study truth and when you study freedom it 's like anything else that you study, it starts to awaken something inside of you that allows you to embrace that inside of yourself. Then we start to recognize it in the in the world. Um, man, I mean, you can recognize it in absolutely everything. And I think the first place that I recognized it was in nature as a, as a child. And then later on, I recognized it in music, and in art, and in literature, and in self-development, and in business, um, in wealth, uh, in people, in beauty, in eroticism, in, you know, just in everything. You start to see this truth. You start to see this freedom you start to see this, rose, this uh, romance, okay? So if we can awaken that in us and we can start to recognize it outside of us, then it starts to be a more of a reflection internally, right? It starts reflecting back and forth. So it is this, it is this mysterious dance that takes place between the, the shift you're making internally to start to embrace the freedom inside and, and when I say this, by the way, what I'm doing is I'm showing you the opposite side of how to separate yourself from the patterns and the roles, right? Because this side is in every single one of us. We just have to wake it up. We're working on waking that side of ourselves up and allowing ourselves to um, hopefully at the end of, of this come to a place where we can say, you know what? I can choose this and I want to choose it because it feels better, it feels like a better way of living my life. It's, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're excited about life and uh, you're, you're romantic about life. And this is called, uh, The Call of the Wild. Um, the, uh, the author is Robert Williams Service. Okay, so I'm going to read, read through this first and then I'm going to teach from it for a, for a while and then I'll probably read it again uh, before we complete this. He says, Have you gazed on the naked grandeur where there's nothing else to gaze on? Set pieces and drop curtain scenes galore. Big mountains heaved to heaven which the blinding sunsets sunsets blazon. Black canyons where rapids rip and roar. Have you swept the vision valley with the green stream streaking through it? Search the vastness for a something you have lost. Have you strung your soul to silence Then, for God's sake go and do it? Hear the challenge, learn the lesson, pay the cost. Have you wandered in the wilderness, the sagebrush desolation, the bunch grass levels where the cattle graze? Have you whistled bits of ragtime at the end of all creation and learned to know the desert's little ways? Have you camped upon the foothills? Have you galloped over ranges? Have you roamed the arid sunlands through and through? Have you chummed up with the mesa? Do you know its moods and changes? Then listen to the wild, it's calling you. Have you known the great white silence, not a snow gem twig a quiver, eternal truths that shame our soothing lies? Have you broken trail on snowshoes, mushed your huskies up a river, dared the unknown, led the way, and clutched the prize? Have you marked the map's void spaces, mingled with the mongrel races, felt the savage strength of brute in every thew, and through grim as hell the worst is, can you round it off with curses, then hearken to the wild, it's wanting you? Have you suffered, starved, and triumphed, groveled down, yet grasped at glory, grown bigger in the brightness of the whole, done things just for doing, letting babblers tell the story, seeing through the nice veneer the naked soul. Have you seen God in his splendors, heard the text that nature renders? You'll never hear it in the family pew. The simple things, the true things, the silent men who do things, then listen to the wild. It's calling you. Have you cradled in your custom? They have have cradled you in custom. They have primed you with their preaching. They have soaked you in convention through and through. They have put you in a showcase. You're a credit to their teaching. But can't you hear the wild? It's calling you. Let us probe the silent places. Let us seek what luck betides us. Let us journey to a lonely land I know. There's a whisper on the night wind. There's a star a gleam to guide us. And the wild is calling, calling, let us go. Isn't that beautiful? I think it is. I think that it's both rich with freedom. Uh, I think that it's the poem and the author are calling us to be free. He's also showing us how we are not free. Um... It is full of self-responsibility. It points both to uh, being responsible to the internal guidance that is saying, here's kind of what life looks like. Here's a snapshot of the romance of life, of the excitement of life, the challenge of life, the cost of life. And here is also the result or the consequence, if you will, of not doing these things. Um, because I think that when you, when you listen to it and everybody that I have shared it with, it seems to really stir something in their soul. And when, that, when you feel that stir, uh, you're also recognizing what you don't have what you're not doing, um, how you're not free. And it also is its is really pointing the direction to where you're not telling or saying the truth in your life. And that seems to be so hard for so many people to be able to do that, to tell or to say the truth. One of the easiest ways that I can give you, right off the bat, something very uh, simple in concept, um, but a little more challenging in practice, is to learn to say no in life. Um, it's, it's interesting how things go round and round. It, learning to say no was one of the very first lessons that I ever learned uh, from my mentor. Uh, he was very big on learning to say no. And He used to say no is a complete sentence. It needs no further explanation. It's just no. And when you hear people say no, and then they give this great big uh, explanation that is not needed, you can, you, that really points to how uncomfortable it is for a person to say no, to be a hundred percent in their no. Um, consequently, it's also difficult for a person to be a hundred percent in their yes, But traditionally, based on the roles and patterns that we've um, taken on in our life, many times we say yes when we really want to say no, and that does not give us freedom, nor does it allow us to be in our truth. So it becomes very difficult for us um, to go through our life and uh, really experience what freedom is. So before I teach from that poem, I'm going to read you another poem. Uh, where I'm going to go back and forth between the, the two here. Because this one, which was written by Robert uh, Desnos, it's called I Have Dreamed of You So Much. Um, there's many ways that you could take this when you read it. You could look at it as um, maybe the person lost a great love in their life. Uh, or it could be that the person lost a great love of themselves in their life. Either way, it really points to uh, the longing that we have to get back to that love, to that passion, to that uh, freedom and that romance um, in our life. So here's what it is. I have dreamed of you so much that you are no longer real. Is there still time for me to reach your breathing body? to kiss your mouth and make your dear voice come alive again? I have dreamed of you so much that my arms grown used to being crossed on my chest as I hugged your shadow would perhaps not bend to the shape of your body. For faced with real form of what has haunted me and governed me for so many days and years, I would surely become a shadow. O oh, scales of feeling. I have dreamed of you so much that surely there is no more time for me to wake up. I sleep on my feet, pray to all the forms of life and love in you. The only one who counts for me today, I can no more touch your face and lips than touch the lips and face of some passerby. I have dreamed of you so much, have walked so much, talked so much, slept so much with your phantom, that perhaps the only thing left for me is to become a phantom among phantoms. A shadow, a hundred times more shadow than the shadow that moves and goes on moving brightly over the sundial of your life. Um, And I think that that really says what uh, so many people experience life as. Um, A dream that is lost, uh, a dream that is out of reach, a dream that we can't grasp. Um, whether that is in a relationship, or that is in a business, or that is from our soul, um, it's it's it 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 really constitutes how a person really longs in their life to be, do, or have something, but it never leaves the state of a dream, and they become crippled by the lack of responsibility and truth that they're willing to take for themselves, right, to say no, to say yes in their life, that their body literally becomes frozen uh, by the idea itself. And it becomes more than something that is that we can't even grasp. It becomes a, a phantom. It becomes a shadow, you know, he goes from phantom to shadow. It just is diminishing, diminishing, diminishing. And um, it's sad when you think about that the the thing that pivots this or changes this for us is a decision. Um, a decision to to be in your life one way versus be the patterns, the roles, the rules that everybody else gave you in life. I've said for years to people, what do you think about in your secret thoughts, right? In other words, that's where this dream is that you've dreamed so much. Um, And all the reasons that keep that dream locked in a box, that it can't be touched and grasped and uh, where you can't actually move into it, The reality of it. How hard is it for you to say no to someone? How hard is it for you to say yes and be a hundred percent in your yes? Meaning that, you know, from the idea uh, of what we talked about as the definition of romance, a quality or feeling of mystery, excitement, and remoteness uh, that we get from the uh, the things that we want to be do and have in our life can we allow that that richness to come forward and literally be present all day long you know can we can we remember as a kid we were filled with mystery and excitement about so many things and then that got diminished over a period of time but what would it be like if you could do that every day and I think that the Call of the Wild program really gives us uh, a literary aspect of what that that begins to look like. So let's start breaking that down. He says here in the Call of the Wild, have you gazed on the naked grandeur where there's nothing else to gaze on, right? So he starts off this poem in a really interesting way the naked grandeur so whenever you see the word naked used like this one of the things that you can put you could write there next to the word or make a just a mental note of is the word truth right because naked uh, can mean without clothes but it also means without pretense right Uh, removing all the front from something so that it is just in its purest form, uh, in its most simplistic form. It is without any kind of a false story or a false self. Um, And it's interesting here is that he says, have you gazed on it, right? So that is an indication to me, when when you see it written that way, that you have to be able to recognize it. If you're gazing upon something, you have to be able to see it. So what do you see? Can you see the truth? He says, have you, so in other words, you could read it this way. Have you seen the truth um, in, in grandeur where there's nothing else to see? So have you seen the truth and seen it where you see it without the falseness that people have told you, without the story that is behind uh, all the reasons why we need to stay safe or all the reasons why we should not risk. Um, And that's just the first sentence. Have you gazed on the naked grandeur where there's nothing else to gaze on? In other words, have you seen the truth in all its glory without any of the falseness that goes with it. The second sentence is set pieces and drop curtain scenes, galore, Right. <clears throat> so, design your life the way that you want it. Right. Um, really gone out there and had an experience or created things just for the for the. Passion of creating them, um, for the mystery of creating them, the excitement of creating them, and allowed yourself to then sit back and see the truth behind the creation itself. He says, Big mountains heaved to heaven, which the blinding sun sets. Blazon, okay? So he's trying to give a inclination of just how big this is and how beautiful it is, right? What is it? It is the truth, right? Now the poem is called The Call of the Wild, and that means that there is, he's referring back to, um, it's calling you, right? He says it's calling you, it's calling you, where is it calling you from? It's calling you internally. It is your soul calling you. It is your spirit calling you. Um, black canyons where rapids rip and roar. So we've all we've all seen canyons, either in person or in pictures or on you know television or, or something. And I think the idea of the Black Canyon is kind of this unknown, but there's also a rage to it. There is, again, the excitement to it. There is the risk here, right, where they rip and roar. There's a fury in it. Something, so that adds to, that's, you know, in the romance idea. It is the mystery and the excitement there, right? Um, and he says, have you swept the vision valley with the green stream streaking through it? So he's also, you know, there's this visualization here. He's very visual about the way that he is bringing this forward. And you've heard me say the vision has to dictate the action or the way of being. When you tap into the truth and you tap into that vision, it is going to dictate to you what comes next. And we always want to know what comes next, right? It's like we have got to be complete control freaks and know absolutely everything that comes next. Here, we're saying that if we can, if we can take a step back be responsible or accept responsibility for the desires that we have step into our truth around them in other words be in our yes be in our no then the grandeur of the vision will come forward as the grandeur of the vision comes forward we start to we we open up the potential and the possibility to step into the freedom and experience the romance of that freedom. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.